we're given the background, we're given the introduction. What a person needs to be in order to be a successful mechanic, we spoke about the relationship a person has to develop the way his child relates to him. And that's all the background work. Now let's start talking about medicine. And uh, I want to talk about a big episode, which is really uh, not just a rule in Chinuch, it's something we learned from the Torah. We learn from how Hashem HaKadosh sets up the Torah, and it's an important Yisrael. There's a big role to learn from it. And that is like this. The Ramban writes in Pashas Yisrael that the mitzvahs of the Torah are separated between mitzvahs Haseh and mitzvahs Leitaseh. It's not just a practical difference. That there's some things which the Torah is the us to do, and the Torah is something the Torah is the us not to do. That we understand that there's much bigger differences between the concept of essay and Leitase. For example, we find that in the Torah, the concept of a Leitase is no English. The person that have a Leitase, so a regular Leitase, he gets Malchus. The sun says which carry more severe penalty, if it's miso or kares or whatever it's going to be. Whereas when it comes to a mitzvah with two exceptions, Pesach and Miller, we don't find the Torah is an oinish for not fulfilling a mitzvah A person's open a bear, a Baruch will deal with it, whatever the case is, but there's no oinish in the Torah for mitzvah That's the first thing. When it comes to mitzvah say then there is no oinish. The Ramban writes in Pashas Yisraelites. The Ramban writes, talking about Zachar Vashamar Vashabbos, and the Ramban writes that the Shorish of Mitzvah Saseh and Mitzvah Leitaseh is Be'atzim, the Shorish of Ava and Yer. There are two motivations which a person is meant to have in relation to the Vedas Hashem. The one is a, a, a rotten to Miskarev. The one is a rotten to come close. Better in the Shorish of Ab. The second one is the Rabbanical's Yira. But we have to explain what the, what's the Yira we're talking about over here. And the simplest Yira is that once the basic Yira, the basic Yira that every person feels, they want to harm themselves. And therefore, just like I'm not going to run into a street when the car's racing down because the natural resistance a person has, he doesn't want to get harmed, doesn't get hurt. So, Mimele, when it comes to Ruchnis as well, if the concepts of Ruchnis would be that as clear to us, the person does not harm himself. The terror is Megara to us, what's going to ruin Hashem? <coughs> if we were being the beam, or we have Rukha Kodesh, we would not have our own. Why am I saying that? Because when it came to the Avis, they did not run their own. They were nizar from the data says of the Torah because they realized it was harmful. Bad people in the lower dark aren't aware necessarily on their own of what's going to harm them. And that's the case with the Torah to tell you. So that one second. The Torah, the Torah has to be parished us. You should not. Eating box of the Khalaf is going to ruin you. Wearing shatnas is going to affect your nisham. Yom Chalal Shabbos is going to, going, to cause, going to cause you karis. Whatever it's going to be, the Torah is Megadah to us. What's going to be harmful to us? And if that's the case, the point where a person is meant to, therefore, obey the Torah from, 
is the point of view. If you're a Mayamid and you understand the Torah tells you doing these things is going to harm you, so then don't do it, you don't want to harm yourself. And therefore the Ramban says that the motivation for all the Lotah says in the Torah is the underlying gear. The Torah is being Megala to you, what's bad for you, what's harmful to you, don't do it, because you don't want to harm yourself. It's a very basic level of Yerush. We're not talking about Raymond Moses, we're talking about Yerush of Gehenna, we're not talking about much all other higher levels, we're talking about a very basic test. The Torah is Megala to you that this is bad for you, don't do it. And the same thing when it comes to Mitzvah Saseh, on the other side. So, when it comes to Mitzvah Saseh, the same principle applies. And that is, the essence, the motivating factor by Mitzvah Saseh is Ritzenein Allah says Ritzenecha. Because Mishpacha, we want to do what you want us to do. Our problem is, we don't know what you want us to do. And therefore, if Hashem says, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to learn Torah. I want you to give Tzedakah. I want you to miskadish. I want you to work in your medicine. Whatever I want to keep shmitzah, whatever it's going to be, right? So be'etzem by doing that, what's the motivating factor which makes the person do that? The motivating factor which makes the person do that is the rotten to miscarry. In other words, ah, just the person doesn't know in what, which, what, what should I do? What does she want me to do? How am I going to do what he wants? So that, okay, again, if we've been nevi'im, we'd not. So obviously, if we're not nevi'im, so what we have to do in place of that is Hashem will tell us. Now that we know, good. We want to do the Mitzvah Saseh because Hashem told us, this is what I want. Now we know what you want, that's what we want to do. Why are we careful of that, I says? Like we said, because there is the fear of being magic yourself, of harming yourself in a spiritual sense. We don't know what stands for us spiritually. And if that's the case, once the Torah is regarded us, this is what I don't want you to do, this is what's going to harm you. Okay. Now that we've been enlightened, we're not going to do it. Right, so this is the side. So then we understand that because it's coming from two different motivations, right, because it's coming from two different points, there's a different way the Torah deals with it. Because when it comes to what the Torah is telling us, the Torah is saying, then the answer of the Torah is saying is, the reason not to do this is because it's bad for you. If you're going to do this, you're going to get home. Don't do it. And if that lesson is not clear enough, like we said over here, maybe it's too abstract, maybe Oedem it's something too distant for me to understand. Okay. Let's make the lesson more real. You'll get an Einish. If Ghinim is not a good enough deterrent, maybe Malchus is. That's something physical. In the time there's a bad thing, people get, get lashes, they get Malchus, and you see what a person looks like half dead after you get Malchus. So maybe Ghinim wasn't a good enough deterrent. Look what happens when you do it. Don't do it. Not because the real problem is the Malchus. The real problem is the Einish and Ghinim. But if it's not enough, it's not clear enough to a person, and that's not going to stop him. Okay, so we'll show you what it looks like. And then you'll see that it'll stop you. When the Sabbath comes to Mesa. If idea of Chil Shabbos and idea of Chorus in Shemayim isn't scary enough, because you don't understand what it means to get killed in Shemayim, to get cut off from your Nasham in Shemayim, then look what happens to people in Machal Shabbos. They get killed. They get killed. And that's going to be a very good deterrent, because then you won't do it. And therefore, the, the important point is, the principle is, if the Torah is trying to get you not to do something because the Torah understands it's bad for you, the spiritual sense is killing you, then the Torah is going to make an Oynish here also, and the matter of that isn't for the Oynish here, that's not the point. The Oynish here is just the way to show people, don't do it. If the deterrent in Shemayim isn't clear enough to you, isn't real enough to you, then it will give you a better deterrent. Something you see here clearly, and then you won't do it. There's a matter, therefore, there's a matter to the Oynish. Bama says, 
The Matthias is always that the Oynish and Shemaim is worse than the A person that gets the Oynish is part of the Oynish and Shemaim because he got something in Shemakam, he got a flight. But uh, the Oynish is something very tangible. When there's a base in and the base is not active, it's very tangible. And then it works. And like I said, the point of it isn't to stop people getting the Oynish here. It's a, it's a way to stop people getting the Oynish because that's the real that's the real result of what's going to happen. Okay, so that's why when it comes to Mitzvah Lotah and the Torah, the Mitzvah Lotah and the Torah comes with Oynish. Mitzvah Lotah and the Torah comes with Oynish. Masha'en came. When it comes to Mitzvah Lotah and the Torah, so the, pl- the, the place the Torah is coming from isn't to warn you about something which is bad for you. Other, other. The place the Torah is coming from is to tell you that uh, why should what, what, what's the motivation of Mitzvah Lotah? Because you want to miscarry to Hashem. So there isn't, this isn't a mockum for Oynish. It isn't the active uh, middle which is working here. It's coming from whether you want to miscarry, so I'll show you how to miscarry. You want to talk about Mitzvah say, Let's talk about reward. Let, if it's not clear enough, the fact that I'm miscarry to Hashem, let's, let's, let's focus on something else. Let's focus on the maida of Mitzvah say. And that's a Mitzvah say don't come with the punishment. That's what they say. Say very interesting topic. But I want, I want to get something with it. I want to come to use it. And that is, the Edson, like we said before, in your role as a, as a parent, there are two aspects to what you tell your children. There's one, which is because you're you to protect them. You don't want them to harm themselves. And Lahabdil, it's very similar to a Kaddish Baruch who understands what happens in Ruchnis. And he doesn't want us to harm ourselves. And that's why he tells us, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. You don't chaf. You don't chaf. But if you're going to eat Basa Bukharov, you're going to do yourself damage. You don't chaf. You're going to inhale the Shabbos Chas you're going to do yourself damage. And therefore, the instructions of the Torah come in the sense of, Let's say a father talking, I know better. And I know what happens if you do that. Don't do it. Right? Don't do it because it's bad for you. Then, to bring that down, every parent has to look after his children the same way. And he's going to, his children, he's going to give his children loitah, says, in the form of what you tell your kid not to do, because you as a parent know it's bad for them. So you've got to tell them, don't run in the streets, don't try to climb over the mirror don't put your hands in the electric faucet, and a hundred other don'ts. And even if the kid doesn't understand why, it doesn't make a difference. I'm trying to protect you, and I know it's bad for you. It's dangerous. Don't do it. Now, why is this important? Why is this important? Because what's the second point? And that is, if the child listens to you, and he's happy to understand that, don't do it because, I understand my parents told me it's dangerous, I won't do it. Right? So then, very good. Very good. He's listening to the parents say. But let's say your child doesn't listen to you. And he's trying to do something which you know is dangerous. Right? So what are you going to let him do? Has for sure, he'll kill himself. Right? If you tell him, don't try climb over the repress it, it's dangerous. He understands that? Good. He doesn't understand, he listens, it's also good. But if he's not listening, you're going to have to stop him. You're going to have to stop him because I don't want him to hurt himself. Same thing, if he wants to try running the street, so we're going to have to try and explain to him, don't do it, it's dangerous. Right? If you can understand that, good. If you can't understand that, at least he'll listen to me, it's also okay. But if he doesn't understand and he's not listening to me, so then as a parent, I'm responsible to stop him killing himself. I'm, I'm, I'm responsible to stop him hurting himself. 
If that's the case, I'm going to go naturally the same route that Torah went. And that is, I have to give him some other punishment. He doesn't understand what I really mean. There'll be some other punishment. Right? So if he's going to try to put his hands in the electric faucet enough times, he doesn't understand what I say. No, I have to give him a little slap or something on the wrist that he understands. That hurts. Don't do it. Not because my problem is I want to slap him on the wrist. Because there's something much more scary here. If he, I don't want him to electrocute himself. He doesn't have that. I don't want him to find out what it means. So I'm going to give him a different oinish because he understands oinish. Right? A small oinish will understand because he felt it. Good. So now he, in his mind he thinks, I shouldn't do that because I'm going to get a slap on the wrist. But really, you know, you don't do it because it's something which is dangerous. You can, if you do it, it's much more serious. If you think a second ago, so, that's exactly how English works in Shemaim. When Hashem says don't do something, it's because he's talking about the English in Shemaim. That's much worse. You don't cop that, so he'll give you an English here in this world. And you think, I'm not doing it because I'm English here. It's like the kid saying, I don't want to do it, I don't want to get the slap. Okay, if it works, it works. It's fine. That's not the Ica point. <coughs> So the first I want to say, even though this is a little bit of a controversial topic, that is, is there any justification ever in punishing your children? If it's to protect them from hurting themselves 100%. But it's not coming from, I'm not even talking about chinuch now, I'm just talking about safety. But if it's only way, if, if I can convince my child not to hurt himself or not to do something dangerous in, in, in better ways, fantastic. If that's not working, I'm going to have to do something. Because I, it's, it's irresponsible as a parent to let my child damage himself. And to think, yeah, I don't, want to, I don't want to hurt him, I don't want to upset him, let him, let him do it, let him do it. It's okay, chas you're crazy, you're going to just run across the street because you don't want to stop him and pull him back if you, because he doesn't have his dangerous. Of course you're going to stop him. Right? There's nothing immoral about it. In the country, it's your responsibility. You'd be not doing your job as a parent if you let your child do something which is dangerous. And if, the, if, he's, if you would listen to me, that's fine. If, he, if he's not going to listen to me, then I'm going to have to give him some tangible understanding of don't do it because you're going to get punished. Now, what the punishment has to be will depend on the child. I know what my child like, and I have to understand, and we'll talk about still how to make the punishment fit the crime. Right? The, the, one, the one answer for everything punishment is not always a good idea. Right? You have to make the punishment some kind of mahalach fit the crime. We'll talk about still how to do that. But the idea is that it's, it is, it's not just allowed, or it's, okay, it's, it might be okay. It's kimat, you have to do that. You have to do that. If you're trying to prevent your child hurting himself, you're going to have to make a consequence he understands because otherwise he's not going to listen to you. But this is, not the, this is the first point. This is not the echo point I wanted to say. The echo point I wanted to say was something else. This is all the right says. This is all the things I tell my child not to do because of my understanding that I don't want him to, to do himself damage. I don't want him to do something wrong and, and get hurt from it. There's also the things you want your child to do. What comes in the category of I want my child to do, normally is in the category of more like the mitzvah sase kind of thing that it's because I'm trying to I'm trying to work with him, I'm trying to build him, I'm trying to help him. It's not it's not just prevent something bad, it's to to build something good. <clears throat> if that's the case, the way it's going to work isn't because I'm trying to instill fear into him. That if you do that you're gonna get hurt. Right? The way I'm trying to build something good is with the rots and the motivation to do something good. Right? And just like the Torah doesn't threaten punishment for not doing what it's say because that's not the point. Hashem is not trying to scare us into growing. Hashem is trying to encourage us to grow. Remember that. It's an important point. Hashem isn't scaring us into growing. Hashem wants us to motivate us to grow. 
don't be different. This is the same thing. In other words, if what you want your child to do, right, the way to get this to motivate, not to scare him into growth. And this is a point which is very often misused. Never punish your children for not doing the right thing. You want them to do something they didn't do it, never punish for that. When you want them to do, it's you want them to do because you want them to grow. Don't use fear as a motivation to grow. Don't use punishment or fear of punishment as the reason to do something good. Let me explain what I mean. Like I said before. Good passion. Good passion. We'll get there. You asking good. Let me explain. I'll say what this again. The 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 mitzvahs I say. Like I said, the Torah doesn't give one initial. The Torah doesn't give one initial. There isn't an element of error. If you don't do this, you're going to get a punishment. If you don't do this, you're going to get a punishment. Right? The other, it's, the Torah offers the mailer of what Mitzvah Seif can offer, and therefore a person, is, like the Ramban writes, it's meant to come to from out. If the Torah would say, if you don't put on tefillin, then you're going to get this punishment. If you don't do, learn Torah, you're going to get this as a punishment. You better making Yira the, the, the factor which is making the Mitzvah Seif as well. The Torah doesn't do that. Why not? Because all the Torah is trying to achieve. Like I said, the, the way to make a person grow is by, by motivating to want to grow. Scaring somebody into not doing works because he won't do it. And that's the main point. We don't want him to hurt himself. So scaring him into not doing something good. To scare someone into growing, like the Midrash writes, Be'etzem has a short-term matter and a big-term kisar. And anybody in Chinuch will tell you this. A person who's been like bullied or scared or terrorized into doing what you want him to do has a short-term matter because they'll listen. But as a learn long term concern, because it turns into, it turns into rebellion. Uh, the question is how long it's going to take to ferment. But that when, when you force me to do something I don't want to do, eventually a person is going to rebel. And the Gemara says this. The Gemara says, uh, the Chazal says this, free. I say miyavo, I say miyira. I say miyavo, why? Because she'ena oyev bayet. A person is acting because he wants to, never rebels. Masha'ekin, a person is doing things because he's forced to, and sometimes he's going to rebel. And therefore, when it comes to not doing the wrong thing, you don't have an option. You have to protect you. And if it's going to be to scare you, because if you're not going to be punished, okay, so you won't do the wrong. You won't, you won't, you won't do the wrong thing. But to use that as a means to make people grow, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like I said, this is a big mistake. Because normally parents want the child to do something, or schools want the students to do something, and if you don't do it, then we're going to punish you. Which means you're using Yira as the motivation to grow, or as the motivation to do. And maybe as little children, because they are scared, they'll, 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 they'll do what you want them to, because they're scared not to. Right? But at some stage, it's going to have a boomerang effect, because people don't grow from you. Right now, they're forced to, they'll do it. But at some stage, it's going to cause a rebellion. A person who doesn't want to do what they do. You're forcing them to, so it's, it's not going to last forever. It's going to have an explosion point. Yeah. We find that the base is instructed when it comes to Mitzvah Saseh, if a person is, refuses to keep a mitzvah say, then the halach is makamwe, which means we'll force you to do it. It's an interesting thing. It's the rights of the basin to do that. It's not problem in the Torah. The Torah doesn't ever say to them that uh, if you're not going to listen, then we're going to, then we're going to you know, force you to do it. Why? Why? If it's that important that a person does it, so why isn't the Torah mechayim it? The dinner mechanism it's like I said, it's, it's a dinner based thing. Why isn't that a Exactly the reason we just said. 
the the Torah Adab, the Torah wants people's king of Mitzvah to say to be from to be from the Makkah of Adam, that they want to do. If we have a dinner of Arvis to each other, and therefore we have a chiyuv to make sure Klai shall keep the basin is mitzvah to make sure that Klai shall keep the Torah, so then Kila is a dinner of and they'll be Makkah Moisa. That's like Makkah's Mardus. The basin is Spanish, the fee there, what's nearer by a Nahim, it's nearer by a Nahim as the right way to make people keep the Torah, but the echo point is it's not coming from the Torah. The Torah isn't saying that you that I want you to do this, and if not, I'm going to punish you. And uh, in that, if you're trying to draw the similarity which I'm talking about, then in this context, the parent who's given the instruction is, so to speak, replacing Kaviyah for the Torah in this regard. What you tell your child you want to do, you really want to do because you're trying to explain to him why it's good for him, why it's good for you. And I want you to come with me to Shul because... That's, I want you to learn how to daven. It's such an important thing to learn to daven. I want you to do chazara on your other face because it's so important to know how to read. I want you to learn a few more minutes of Torah to whatever say to commit to him, to give to, to share with your your brothers and sisters, to do chesed, whatever it's going to be, because good for you, because it's your growth more, because it's. In other words, the the mitzvah has to come with the if I want someone to do something, with the side of the with the side of the of, of why it's good, or why it's good, and why personal gain from it. And motivate them to do it. When I don't want someone to do someone something, and I want to prevent him, <coughs> then yes, the way to prevent somebody doing something is with you. Okay, that's uh, in big terms the principle. Now let's talk about it more practically. Let's talk about it more practically. Like I said, number one, the ikanezek, the ikad damage people do, is when they use yira as the way to make people do things. Yira works well as a deterrent. Yura doesn't work well as, as a way to make people do things. And therefore, if the the mahalik should be that if there's something you don't want your child to do because it's bad for him or because it's dangerous, whatever it is, so then if he doesn't understand the consequence because he's too young or because he doesn't understand why it's bad for him, okay, so then maybe you have to find a deterrent which he doesn't understand. And like I'm saying, what punishment to talk about? There's no one punishment for each crime. It depends what, what we're talking about and what's the thing which makes sense why that's a punishment, right? Random punishment is just brutality. Right? To say everything you do wrong, I'm going to hit you for that. That doesn't work, right? There has to be a, a certain logical sequence that if this is what you do wrong, that's what's going to happen. Does it make sense? Why? Yes, he doesn't chap what you know, but it has to be something he chaps. Why it's not? Why it's uh, it, it doesn't work? For example, for example. If you're gonna, let's say, you, 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 your child has a tendency to run into the streets. I'm using this as a simple motion. Because we all agree we don't want our children running in the street. Right? So now you know, the problem with running in the street is, Chasasham, you can get hit by a car. He doesn't have that. So now if I have to think, what punishment can I give which fits the crime of what he does, something which he'll understand, and that's why for him it will be a reason not to do it, because he doesn't understand my reason why I don't want him to do it. Right? Whatever, he's too young. But he'll understand that in his in his way of looking at it, it's not good to run in the street because this is what happens to him. Right? So it has to be something which makes sense. What's, what's, what would make sense? What would be if you're in the street, then this happens? Has a, what's going to be the natural consequence? So the answer is Pasha. That's something that, look, I'm going outside, you're in the street and I have to leave you in the house. Because I don't want you running in the street. And I see when you go outside, you do run in the street. Okay, so every day you're in the street, and then there's stays to help. You don't go out again. Now, in the child's sense of you know, cause and effect, so now it make, 
he can see he doesn't have why you don't want him to run in the street. That's a different point. But he can have that if, if he doesn't hold your hand in, in, when you're walking or he runs away from you, he runs into the road, and he doesn't go out the next day, so then he haps. It's not good eye for me. But like I said, it makes sense. It's, it's, it's a way to prevent him doing what he did. If he's in the house, he can't run in the road. So now if I keep him in the house as a punishment, every time he doesn't behave well when he's outside, then it'll happen. It's not good eye to do that because this is the consequence. Again, the one that matches, so to speak, what he did wrong, so then his mind to understand this is this is the right thing for that. Another aspect we have to talk about this, which is very negative. The person has two children, and uh, the one is a baby, the other is a one-year-old or two-year-old. So how much can you explain to a two-year-old, don't hurt the baby? Right? He doesn't understand. But with Sarashani, you have to protect the baby. Right? So even if the two-year-old thinks he can carry the baby around the house by his feet, that it's not fair to the baby. Right? So you have to do something to protect the baby. So yes, you have to stop him doing it. Now, again, if he's an older child, he understands it's dangerous, you're not strong enough, you're not old enough, you're not mature enough, so he understands it's good. I can work with that. But if he's not old enough to understand, he doesn't understand. But Lemaissa, again, as a parent, my job is to protect my children. So I'm going to have to stop him doing what he's doing. Right? So then again, if, 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 if the, what I know is not something which is a terror for him, but he doesn't understand that, so I'm going to have to think in his terms, what am I going to make that's the deterrent for him? Because that way he'll understand, if I pick up the baby when I'm not allowed to do that, then this is the result. Then this is the result. And then if that's the case, that's in his mind the reason for not to do it. Which is, like I said, in, in similar words, what the Etzim HaKadosh Baruch did by giving Lanish in this world. Lanish in this world isn't Bichal the reason why she made that there. It's the way that people chat, it's not good to do that there. So, for example, again, this depends on the child. I'm just giving a marshal. In a case where, let's say, the older child is a girl, and she has her, old, her own dolls, wherever it is. So, what she would understand is, is this, you look after your, your daddy or your baby, and I look after mine. Right? If you're going to take my baby, then I'm going to take yours. Now, if she understands, it's not good anymore, because if you take a daddy, she, she can't play with that because you're taking it away from her. So in her mind, that makes sense. I can't take this baby because you'll take my baby. I'm just giving that as a marshal. But if that's what the two-year-old, three-year-old thinks, and that's something in their mind that makes sense, okay, so then they'll have why they shouldn't do it. That's not your thing. You have no Indian taking away the doll. But you have to protect the child. But like I said, it's always the same, the same shift. What I know is not what the child understands. And therefore, I have to bring it down to something that in the child's mind, they don't want to happen. They see this as being a problem. And it makes sense why that would be the result of this of the crime they're doing. And therefore, in their mind, it makes sense. If I do this, then this is what's going to happen to me. And therefore, it's not going to happen to me to do it. Why doesn't it even make sense? Yeah. Why, why can't you? Right. If, I'm going to say, if I'm going to not make it on the, 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 what they did, it's the fact that they didn't listen to me, right. then I'm going to have to be consistent. It's going to be very difficult. Because I'm going to say, can you please do that for me? And they didn't, so they didn't listen to me. Oh. So I'm going to punish them also. I'm going to say, I think you this, and they didn't, so they didn't listen to me. So unless I'm going to be a very, very authoritarian parent, and that anything that they do different to what I said, I'm always going to punish, which I don't necessarily want to do. That's not the point. Right? So I'm not going to make the ownership on not listening. I'm going to make the ownership on the action. And the ownership on the action, and I think, again... It's better to put it on the action. On the action, right? Because then it gives me the, the, the ability to say, these are actions I'm going to stand up for. This you can never do. Other things, it's not. I'm not going to go to the same extreme. Right? Which, and you think about it again, where we're taking, a, as always, in parenting, we take a muscle from Hashem. Right? If the only Shem is, you didn't listen to Hashem, 
And it doesn't make a difference if you worship Tavoy Rezara or you ate Kreth. Because you didn't listen to Hashem. So why is it Chilek Anayish? Because the question is the severity of what you did. The not listening to Hashem is always there. Right? So every other variety of reason listen to Hashem is always bad. But the Onish isn't always the same. It matches the crime. And you have to work the same way. In other words, even though we're talking about Onish, like you said, and Sadak Hashem prevents you from arresting the right? And why Shaykh, your job as a parent is to prevent your child getting into danger situation. You're not going to watch him across the street, and then if he survives, then you're going to punish him for it, right? We don't do that. What's the difference? It's partial. You're not talking to a Ben Das. You're talking to someone who doesn't have the Das. And if that's the case, you're going to have to st- step in for him until he gets to that stage. The person has a Ben Bechira, he's meant to have at least enough Das to understand. If the Torah said, no, don't do it. But you're right. If I'm an older child, maybe it doesn't, I, I can't stop them doing what they want to do, the wrong thing. That's a different way to get in Chinuch. Yeah. We're talking now to somebody who doesn't understand the problem, then I'm push out. I have to be their dad. So I have to stop them doing it. Like I said, obviously, the, the supplies to what's in the gear to the child. Like I said, something which in the long term I don't want the child to do. But right now, I don't have an Indian to stop him because it's not dangerous to him now. So then it's a question of what stage do I introduce that into the Chinuch? Also, trying to introduce something which, in the long term, I want them to be careful about. And now we're talking about things which are dangerous now. And if I'm silver, I'm obligated as the, the one protecting the child, looking after him, to make sure to look after him. Like I said, it's true. The fact that the Torah is in the high for mitzvahs or various doesn't punish until at least 13 means that if a child of two is being Mechal Shabbos, he's not being second himself. I have a din of Chinuch to bring him up so that when he becomes an adult, he won't do it. Okay, that's a different process. It's a different process. And we'll talk about how the mechanic for the long term. But it's not the same thing as something a person's mechanic to do right now, they have to stop him. And once again, the one exception to this rule is eating non-kosher. Because that uh, is dangerous for the child even now. That at any age, if a person eats non-kosher, it affects him. And therefore, it's something I have to be machbed on, even by a, little, a smaller child, that that's something I have to prevent him doing. Normally, that's not so much in his sign because if I don't give him an opportunity, he won't do it. He can't access things on his own. Uh, if he wants to make possible kharab, I have to stop him. Right. Now, but let's go back to the other one. And that is what I want to motivate. We spoke about fun, consequence and the consequence, which if it makes sense why this is the consequence for that, that's much better. It's something that I understand, even though that's not the real reason I'm doing it, but it's a consequence that they can relate to, and therefore that will be a preventative measure. Like I said, when I come to what I want them to do, and the, I'm not talking about, I'm repeating this again, I'm not talking about what's necessary to run the house. In other words, to make a working relationship with other people, we have a, a certain division of duties or a certain mahalach, how we all get along together, we don't fight with each other. If it wouldn't be a parent and children, we'd be roommates in the yeshiva dormitory. We'd also have to work like that. Right? We have to have some kind of ground rules. Right? Are we cleaning the apartment or the dirham once a day, once a week, once a year before Pesach, when someone's parents come? Like, what's the mahalach? Well, so whatever the ground rule is, you're working with it. Right? You can guys put on the lights and the music when they come in at 12 at night, at 1 in the morning, 2 in the morning. So that's just the maharik and how to work. It's not a shalim chinuch. And if I'm living in a house with children, then it's a certain maharik. You pay with your toes, you clean them up. Comes in that and you go to bed. That's just the maharik how we work. That's not so much a chinuch point. We'll talk about how to deal with that in the, with the little child in a separate vibe. Now I'm talking about laying fadashas in chinuch. And the one is the, the idea of what I want, <coughs> when to use yira, when to use the threats of as a deterrent, 
And the echo point I want to get to is what I want to encourage my child to do. I'm not going to follow it up with a threat. That doesn't help. It makes him do things from here. And I don't want, if I'm, well, I'm trying to build him, I'm trying to get him to do because I want him to do a good thing and to improve, so then I don't want to use here as, as a reason to do it. On the contrary, then I have to think differently. Then I have to think what's the way to motivate him? What's the way to push him to do it? What's the way to make him want to do it? Now, again, we're talking about little children first, older children, it's a different story, and we'll talk about them separately. But for a little child, the fact that that makes you happy, the parent happy, is already a big motivation. Right? And parents do this naturally. You do this, <coughs> I'll give you a big hug, I'll give you a big smile, I'll be so happy with you. For a little kid, it works, because they naturally do want to make their parents happy. Right? And therefore, if, there's, if, if that's what I'm trying to achieve, again, I'm not talking about doing things which just never get done, because it's part of living in the house. If there's certain things I want to encourage my child to be like, right? So then use motivation. Use motivation, and that's how I want to do it. And here's the important point. And if it doesn't work, drop it. We'll try again another time. I don't have to follow it up with the threat, because I'm not trying to force them to do it. I'm trying to motivate them to do it. So let's say I have two kids, and I want my one kid to share his toys or his candy or whatever is the other one. So I'll be so happy, right? Or I'll give you something if you share with him, I'll share with you, whatever it is. And if that works as a motivating factor, Great. Uh, I'm trying to build a certain level of him, getting him to do what I want him to do because he feels good about it, because he feels he wants to. And if he decides he's not doing it, it doesn't make a difference. He's not sharing. So, so well, if you don't share, I'm going to take the toys away. Now I've just lost the effect. Now I'm just using fear to make him do it. Okay. I, I'm not mechuyev in that right now. I'm not, it's not like we're talking about someone who's mechuyev to mitzvah and have to make him or such. That's a nafshe. Right? We're talking about someone I'm trying to encourage him to get there. Don't turn it into something which he's afraid of. It doesn't work as an encouraging agent. And if he doesn't want to do it, okay, so you don't want to share your toys. So I want to with you. Okay. There was a motivation. You didn't want to do it. So you won't get, the, you won't get whatever the, the motivating factor was. And next time we'll try again. That's and that's the way to do it. And like we said, Klapish Maya, when it comes to Mitzvah say it's the same thing. Right? The person was in battle a half hour outside in Shmuzim when he was in the coffee room he was meant to be learning. Right? So Hashem comes to him with Oinchim. There is an Oinchim with the Torah. That's not the way the Torah presents it. The Torah doesn't say, that's it, if you battle time from the Torah, then whatever it's going to be. No, the Torah tries to encourage a person to learn that there's a mind in the ring, there's a chios in Torah, there's a life in Torah, there's a kirv in Torah, there's a av in Torah, and if you missed it up. So now go learn now. Try it the next time. Right? The mo- the mo- like the Raman says, the motivating factor for Mitzvah say is the av. We're not talking, in, 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 in cases like this, we're not talking about a person's death, we're talking about a child you're trying to motivate, trying to confide, then... I will work with the Ava, I will work with trying to motivate them to do it. And I'm not going to follow it up with a, with a threat or with a punishment if they don't. They lost the Ava an opportunity. We'll try again next time. At the end of the day, and we'll finish with this line, the point to have in mind always is that Chinuch isn't the immediate effect of now. Chinuch is the effect that you achieve 10 years from now. I'll finish with the story that I want to get to tonight. There was a certain issue in Eretz Yisrael where it had the best attendance of any yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. Shachas was at 7.15 in the morning. Every single bach was there for Shachas. Seder was at 9 o'clock. Every bach was in time for Seder. How did the yeshiva do it? It's partial. They had a police force. Not a mamish policeman, but the same idea in Meshkichim. And they would go roaming the dormitory every morning for Shachas. And if you don't show up for Shachas, you're going to get suspended for a week. And if you're not here in time for Seder, you're going to know whatever the is going to be. And... Everybody came. And uh, I think it was of Shach, one of them, they asked about that Shiva. 
they, they said, the Shach said, you're seeing the yeshiva now when they're bachrim. You can only judge yeshiva when you see the avrechim and kodal come out of the yeshiva. And what happens when they left yeshiva and got married? Then, Why? Because you never train a person to want to learn. You force him. And if you don't, you're going to get punished. So as long as the threat's there and I'm stuck because I, I don't want to get punished, I'm here. I'm here. Berega, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Shabtani, I'm out of jail, I'm out of jail. No more threats and no more learning. Because I, I, you never built the fact I want to. It's the same thing. A parent that controls their child, you better do this and you better do that and you better do this because if not, oh, he'll be a wonderfully well-behaved kid. But Berega, he, he can break free from that bondage of the parent's control. There's nothing left. You've never convinced him that he wants to do it. And therefore, you work with motivating, you have pushed trying to help him to grow. It doesn't have the same effect as working with fear, it's true. But you know, again, you're not working for the short effect. You're working for what you're going to build and achieve and get to what they want with, that later on when they're adults, then they have within them the, grow, the, want, the desire to want to grow. Because that's going to last longer than the amount of fear that you can instill in them as a parent. So those two usages, Ava and Yira, and how it applies to little children. All the children, it's different, sorry, little children, that's what we want to talk about today. You see, my, my, 